Hello, this is Claudia Reyes, a contributor at Soul Magazine, and welcome to episode number 30 of In the Spray Room, Soul's podcast with some of the best and brightest artists getting up on the streets today. We are bringing out the lighter side of these creatives by interviewing them in a less structured environment. But this is just one way that Soul tells stories of these artists. For a daily dose of online content, check us out on soulmagny.com. Today's crew consists of myself, Erica, hello, and Big Ronnie. Happy Thanksgiving, almost everybody. Before we introduce our special guest, Big Ronnie, tell us what's going on. Well, we got a couple of dates, uh, a couple of things to talk about. The first thing is on November 20th at the Delancey, uh, the, the party they call the Collage is doing uh, both a Stan Lee tribute and a David Lyman memorial uh, tribute and a, a moment of silence for him. I was shocked to hear when David Lyman died. Absolutely. Um, I, I remember drawing stickers with him at Frost. I remember running into him a couple of times at First Street Green, and he was always just so nice, so happy to see me, just always had positive words of encouragement, and I was shocked and saddened to hear about, about his death. That really sucks. So... Come on out to the Delancey uh, Stanley tribute. Also, obviously, the, yep. the great man died, and we're we're all going to be there in support. And uh, of course, um, you know, this is a New York City m- movement, uh, a network of artists that are always coming together, and we're there to support. So, thank you to Savior DJ Talheem Reyes for putting all this together. And yeah, a moment of silence for David Lyman, R.I.P. Very cool. <clears throat> Next on uh, just my little hit list here things to mention is the newsletter that is now being sent out by our editor Erica Stella please sign up on soldbagny.com sign up for our little monthly and get to hear our editors thoughts straight from the heart which is the only way Erica speaks when you see her posts and mm-hmm. man we have to edit them and edit them and edit them and then they're perfect it's always the way it goes. Next thing we have, uh, for those who would like to help contribute to Sold and keep us chugging along, we have our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Sold Magazine. You can get on the contributors list for about $5 a month starting, and we have some pretty cool giveaways at the higher tiers, including coming in as a uh, <clears throat> guest host or a audience member for a future podcast recording. And uh, things like that. So please check that out. And that brings us to our special guest today. Very special. Very special. Now, our guest today is Kanor. Welcome, brother. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you very much for coming in. Now, I love your melty, drippy, skull, freaky stuff, dude. Where does that come from? I love the skulls, and sometimes the skulls have horns, and they're melting. They're nuts. What, when, and where? Thank you, man. Um, I'm not really sure. I guess uh, I've always been into this kind of darker imagery. Um, I think the skull is just a really evocative symbol. Um, And um, I don't know. I guess over the past couple years, I've just started to really kind of like run wild with it as a um just a way to represent myself um but uh yeah i'm not really sure i've just i've kind of always been interested in um in that kind of darker imagery 
Now, is it a series? Is it one character? Is it the same skull over and over? Is it always different? It's kind of a... I guess it's kind of my character. Um, I try to sort of switch it up a little bit um, to keep it interesting. I don't really like doing the exact same thing over and over again. Open that sticker pack up. Um, Claudia. Yeah, we're looking guys, at a sticker pack. Brought you guys some goodies. Thank you. Um, nice. Let's take a look at all these. Nice, yes. Some of these actually look like they could be tattoos. Yeah, I did a um, I did a pack of sort of tattoo-inspired stickers a little while American ago. traditional, just straight hard yeah. lines and bold yeah, colors. I mean, that's yeah, my, that's, that's great. my favorite uh, type of tattooing. Absolutely, I agree with that. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, some cool stuff, and I love the uh, the RWK. We have a we have a couple of your RWK uh, collab stickers cool. that we gave out with our sticker packs. We got them from Chris last year. When yeah, he came Chris, in. Uh, he's the man, dude. Um, can't say enough nice things about that guy. He's a really good dude. Who's Creep Squad? Uh, Creep Squad is my little brand. Okay. Um, it's basically my online store. Okay. And um, that's where we can get all our yeah. I use it to on. sell. Uh, prints of my work, t-shirts, sticker packs, stuff like that. Um, is anyone else part of the Creep Squad? At the moment, it is just me. It's a one-man um, squad. But yeah, it's a solo operation right now. I, I definitely want to get some more of my friends on board in the future, but um, I would like to be able to pay people for designs and stuff, and right now I'm not really in the uh, position to do that. I understand. Um, I One thing that I've always noticed... Not only do you do these skulls, but you also do a lot of uh, cars, trucks, tanks, a lot mm-hmm. of... Uh, I like the skull with the, the barrel uh, well, that's shifting. I think some motorcycles, too. So um, are you a gearhead? Um, no, not really. Um, I'm just I'm interested in uh, cars and tanks and stuff like that. I just think they look cool. It's a it, It's sort of a way to represent modern society and bring in some other symbolism into my work um so i've been doing I'm, i've been trying to do some more of that stuff like bring in other imagery into my artwork so it's not just the skull um it gives me a way to sort of create more interaction uh between like the character and the piece and hopefully bring some more meaning into it yeah like the skulls driving the tank or or where he's just plopped right on top of it yeah yeah it reminds me of rat rod art right yeah rat fink right yeah like that similar but obviously you know very different it's 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 the horsepower with the the macabre yeah it's 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 the mat it's the mashup that i dig for sure yeah i mean i'm a huge ed roth fan um I did that one piece uh, where it's like a skull dry. It's like literally a rat fink ripoff kind of. He's got like the uh, the clutch in his hand coming out the roof. Um, so that was kind of my way to pay tribute to him. But yeah, definitely that my work is sort of like in in that realm kind of where it's like a bit grotesque, but also um, very graphic line work. Um, and then pretty colors, too. I almost feel like you use a, a really digestible color palette. But also, I, I mean, for, for me, as far as street art goes, those bold colors are what makes your pieces stand out. So uh, I, I like your color palette as well. It, it's not dark and creepy. Yeah, thanks. Um, I feel like the, the bright colors is kind of a way to bring people Contrast. into it that might not necessarily be super into that kind of imagery and it it sort of brings like a nice 
juxtaposition to my work, I think. It reminds me of ice cream. Yeah, totally. It does, you know? Yeah. It reminds me of ice cream. I like it. What's your <laughs> I like favorite that. flavor? My favorite flavor of ice cream. Um, <laughs> that's a tough one. I really like uh, maple walnut is a good one. Oh, you're from... Okay. I mean, yeah, I'm a Vermonter, so yeah. pretty much anything. Uh, he, he was legally obligated to, to say, say yeah. maple <laughs> yeah. something, yes. I, yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so let's let's talk about that. Growing up in a tiny state. Coming to New York, how old were you when you came here? Um, I was 24, 25. And how was the adjustment for you? Something like that. Um, it was definitely an adjustment. Um, I mean, New York is a tough city, you know. Um, it's been interesting trying to just kind of find my place here and make everything work. Um, but it's been fun. I, I moved here really because, uh, this is where all my friends are. So I've got a really big group of friends here and that's been really good for me. Are they Um, artists as well? Yeah. Most of my friends are people I met in art school. Mm -hmm. Um, where did you go? Uh, I went to RISD. Um, so yeah, most of my good friends are, uh, buddies from school. But I, when I graduated, I actually moved out to California for a couple of years. So I was out there. Um, North or south? South, uh, Orange County. So that was fun, um, but got a little boring. My girlfriend and I were kind of over it after two years and decided to just move back to the East Coast and be closer to friends and family. So that's what we did. It's been good. And you said Bushwick today is where you live. Yeah. Now, how how are you are you are you able to to walk around the neighborhood and maybe catch a wall, things like that? Are you are you are you out there trying to find something where you live, or are you mostly looking for other types of projects other than walls right now? Um, that's an interesting question. I obviously I love doing the walls. Um, it it's probably my favorite thing to do, um, to be honest. But I am just I don't know what it is. I it's tough for me to hustle for the walls i don't really do it i tend to only paint walls if somebody gives me one kind of i just i don't know it to me it almost feels like a waste of time to be going around trying to trying to get walls to paint on and i know that's not true at all but i just feel like time is so precious and i'd rather be kind of in my studio working on other stuff. Rather All right, than... so let's talk about that. So obviously you, you grew up drawing, went to art school, you're a professional working artist. This is this is your side of the brain. How do you deal with selling your work in New York City? Because in New York City, everyone sells. Everyone is a salesman or they're out of here in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. You have to learn how to hustle. You have to learn how to grind. Coming from someone who's just moving to the city with, with talent and drive, how does that turn into money for you? Um... Well, to be completely honest, uh, I'm still trying to figure it out, you know. Um, I actually have a full-time job, uh, so that's how I'm making it happen right now. And I actually love my job. Um, I do graphic art for apparel, um, and it's really fun. It kind of fits into my my own personal artwork a little bit. Um, Eventually, I would love to 
be doing this full time, obviously, but it's really tough, man. It takes years to establish yourself. And, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to keep finding the motivation to keep going and pushing it. Um, and hopefully it'll be a full time thing for me eventually. Now, you said um, in our little pre-interview before the recording mm-hmm. that you were working towards a solo show. Yes. What can you tell our listeners about that? Well, um, let's talk about this uh, project, I guess. Um, I have been working for the past year or so on this book project, uh, which is called Dead Bloom. And it is going to be a book of new illustrations that are all um, based around the same theme, which is basically life after humanity on Earth. Um, So it's this sort of uh, post-apocalyptic thing. Um, And basically just showing, uh, you know, the way that, the earth has decayed and sort of changed and the way that nature has been warped and um, modified by human existence. Um, So yeah, uh, all of the pieces that I created for this book are going to be on display in late January. Uh, It'll be my first solo show and I'm excited about it. Now, before we dive into that, I have to get a little silly with this, Claudia, because my favorite genre of writing, movies, anything is post-apocalyptic Earth. I always am fascinated by an artist's vision of what's going to happen when society breaks down. So my question for you in your post-apocalyptic society, is everybody wearing BDSM gear like Mad Max? (laughs) (laughs) Um... I don't know. I mean, my my post-apocalyptic world is sort of devoid of human life altogether. So there's, there's not really opportunity for um, sexy outfits. Yeah, because they already messed up the earth. So, yeah. Right. But maybe the next one. Um, maybe the offspring or something, you know. <laughs> I don't know why that's the first thing that popped in my head, but there it went. So, all right. So back to, back to the book. What I loved... To, to see about how you're approaching this in the in on the Kickstarter was what you were giving away. You were very generous with with your levels. Two books here and two two shirts, two prints, and then the hand drawn stuff that you get in there. I think at the at the two fifty level, I think it is. I think that's that's not. I don't I don't want to downplay it, but it's not only reasonable. I think that's a that's a value for for an original piece of art to coincide with a with a release to coincide with a book that you're getting to meet work with the artist you know what i mean it's it's uh it's it's quite the offering that you're that you're putting out there yeah well thanks man um i like to be very fair to people i don't want anyone to feel like they're getting swindled by me um so yeah i tried to be generous with the rewards and uh hopefully that'll give people incentive to support the kickstarter campaign um, is this the first time you've done something like this? I have done something similar. Uh, in 2014, I did a zine called Evil Squeeze that I also funded on Kickstarter. Uh, but it was a bit... Uh, the project was a bit smaller in scale. This one is sort of ramped up in every sense. Uh, it's going to be a bit more professional of a publication. It's going to be longer. Uh, there's going to be more detailed imagery in there it's sort of the whole thing is just more fleshed out 
the print that you're you're giving away on it was dope. Thank you. That that dark that was it a blue and like a goldish or blue and gray whitewash or it's gonna be like a silver print on black paper. It I was think. very cool. Yeah, I can't wait to see that full size. Thanks. Now, have you selected a gallery for the show? We have. Um, I'm not sure if we're ready to announce it yet. Fine. The see the problem know. is uh, the Kickstarter is still underway, so just want to hedge my bets, make sure we get it all funded. Be sure um, to let Soul Magazine know when you uh, are ready to announce that, and we'll help you. Uh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, we're going to try to make it really fun, uh, the show. We want to get like definitely a beer sponsor, some music in there, make it sort of uh, party party vibes. Now, what type of music do you like? I Well, personally, I'm really into uh, all types of heavy music, mm-hmm. uh, but I listen to a lot of other stuff as well. That's just kind of my, my personal choice, like when I'm alone and my girlfriend's not home. I'll listen to pop, some, pop music, some black guilty metal. pleasures. Oh, yeah, a no, little, I, a little lighter I, than your usual. <laughs> no, I listen to pop and stuff too, and indie rock and all that other stuff. Um, I don't really discriminate. Now let's let's talk about collaborations a little bit. Uh, we we like to have fun with the questions we ask when we have artists in. So I'm going to jump into it with you. I want you to think about a living artist that you'd love to collab with, and a dead artist that you'd love to collab with. Okay, putting me on the spot here. Yes. This is a tough question. That's what we do here at Sold. We make you sweat. <laughs> Living artist, uh, man, just off the top of my head, I would say maybe Jeff Darrow. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with his work. He is a very cool artist that is working in uh, sort of graphic novels mm-hmm. and comics. He actually did a lot of the original concept artwork for the machines in the Matrix. Um, so his artwork is like super, like hyper detailed machinery, a lot of like really evil monster kind of stuff. Um, he his artwork is just wild. Like he would be a, a great person. Uh, I would love to pick his brain definitely. Um, let's see, dead artist. That's really tough. Really tough. There's a couple of them. Uh, there is a few. Um, Stanley. Man, I don't know. It's too soon. Salvador too soon. Dali, maybe. I, I've always loved his work, obviously. Very cool. You can um, see your skulls dripping over his clocks and stuff like that. That might be interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm, uh, like, you know, obviously super inspired by surrealism with the drippiness and stuff. So, Plus, he seems like a wild dude and probably knows how to throw a great party. <laughs> I agree. I agree. It's not just it's not just the, what you put on the canvas. It's about the whole scene. It's uh, I'm reading a book now. Uh, it's called The Art of Being and Becoming. Mm-hmm. It talks about how your art will never be anything until your personality becomes the work of art and people want to surround themselves with you. Yeah. And stuff like that. It's very, very deep. It's Eastern craziness. But it, it's interesting about wanting to hang out with an artist and have a party with them rather than just work with them too. So Yeah, totally. It's like the whole package. You got right? Very few of us are. <clears throat> well, um, so let's talk about realistic collaborations that are going on currently or and, and you had said before going to potentially have some other collaborations with this artist, Adam Fu, and you have uh, collaborated on one piece where was it in Brooklyn? We've done like two or three okay. murals together at this point. Um, 
I think your styles really work well together. When I think of two artists coming together and putting something together, I, I really like like your hand writing his writing is, is yeah it thanks just, it's it's a cool i thought that was a cool mix yeah. too um i definitely would like to do some more of those at some point those are really fun what other collaborations have you actually done we're talking about imaginary collaborations what ones have you done that really worked well and maybe some that maybe you wish you could revisit um i don't really do a ton of collabs uh the other person that i've collaborated with the most probably is chris robots will kill mm-hmm. um he's right. just a really easy fun dude to collab with he kind of he tends to sort of just give me a bunch of images of his robot and kind of lets me run wild with it yeah. and then we'll go back and forth and see what we like um but that's just like that's just an easy fun well that's uh, a very good example of a person who you just want to be around and you want to work with him not only because of his his Artwork is is really awesome, but he's just the guy you want to work with because he's a great guy to. Work. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's the kind of people I like to be around. Just super humble, very giving, nice guy. And his jacket, jean jacket patch game is strong. <laughs> yeah, he's he, got some good ones. They're tight. Chris, if you're listening, I want to do a part two of our yes, podcast. Please uh, reach out. Let's schedule. Miss you. Come on in, Staten Island, Bay Ridge. It's only a bridge. You know what I mean? So, okay. Back to Kanor. So, we're gearing up for the show. We're working on the book. We're promoting uh, a, a one hell of a project when you pull it all together. Very cool. What's next? What's 2019 looking like? What are you interested in for next year? I have not thought that far. Um, I'm pretty pretty overwhelmed by uh, just the stuff I have to do for uh, finishing up this Dead Bloom thing. Um. So yeah, I've been a bit crazy lately. Um, so how how does that work? Are the images for the book completed, and they're like not submitted for a full book yet before the book gets funded, or how does it work? Is the work done? So the book is mostly done. Um, I'm trying to bang out some more page art just to make it a little bit longer before it goes to print. But if everything goes according to plan, once it's fully funded, it's going to immediately go into uh, proofing stages, basically. So they're going to print one copy for me, make sure everything is up to par, um, and then if it looks good, we'll go into the final print run. Very cool. So would uh, would this collection be the biggest thing you've worked on so far? Yeah, I think this whole this whole project is kind of the biggest thing I've done. I don't know if you guys saw the video that I made with mm-hmm. Dega Films, uh, but that was that was quite an undertaking. Um, we spent months making this video. The house is on fire. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. It was like it, it was really crazy. The amount of work that goes into a you know less than two minute video like that is just stupid. Um, we know we're going through it right now. Yeah. We, we filmed a bunch of things and just the you know the editing is killing us. Yeah, so we get it. Yeah, so and definitely Films puts together some really cool. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. Um, shout out to those guys for yeah. sure. They're really good friends of mine. And um, yeah, I, I was telling them the other day like this is the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me because they like really stepped up, gave it like their everything. 
we had a crew of four other people come out with us to, we filmed all day at this abandoned location outside the city. Um, it was, it was pretty wild. Um, and they basically all worked for free. So that was, was it your vision or was it their concept? We really worked together on the look of the video. Um, I approached them a few months ago with sort of a basic idea of what I wanted to do. Uh, I knew I wanted to do the bucket of blood getting poured on my head, like Carrie style. Um, And I had a few other rough ideas, but a lot of the prop stuff was, uh, was their, their idea. And, um, the way that the way that the video ended up looking was really close to what I had imagined, but they definitely added a lot on their end um, and made it really special. I think. Can I um, want to ask a random question? Where does Knor come from? I guess that's not really all that random. Um, it's based on my name. It's a nickname that my buddy gave me in high school. Uh, so that's it. Doesn't really mean anything. That's always the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really mean anything. I saw Claudia scribbling some notes over there. Claudia, do you have a uh, pre-prepared question or statement for Kaynor? Um, no, just, you know, um, I had read a little bit about, you know, Dead Bloom and the book of the legacy we leave behind. I mean, that you sort of added that is that because of what you see going on in today's, I mean. Or is that is that reflective of society or is it more personal? Is that what you mean? Yes. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I don't want to get like too political or anything, but <laughs> I, I definitely have, I think, a very pessimistic worldview, and I just see a lot of things going on that are very, very troubling, and I don't know, rather than sort of representing positivity i i almost think it's more impactful to sort of represent the negative um and i think the acceptance of like these negative things in our culture is actually a positive experience in itself um so to me that's almost more more powerful um rather than just giving people uplifting messages that are kind of empty and meaningless Listen, when it comes to artists, the world needs ditch diggers, too. Not everybody yeah. can paint sunshine and, and beaches and things like that. You know, positive and uplifting message. We talk to positive artists all the time. This is not that. Right. This is a little bit different. Now, do you think that the world is inevitably on its way to your vision? Or could it be averted? I, I hope not. I certainly hope not. Uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to... You know, on one hand, I'm just doing art that I like. This is what this is what I get enjoyment out of. But if there can be some sort of meaningful social message too, I'm definitely for that. Um, so this book in general is almost sort of like a warning to humanity. Um, so there's art in up. the message, like Chuck D said. <laughs> There's music in the message. It, no, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm relating it, but it, it's your, your, your. It's a statement. Obviously, it's not just hey, here's my stuff, and here's a, you know, it's right. it's it's not just a theme. It's yeah, be. it's not just a series. You're making a statement with this project. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important. Um, I think it's the artist's duty to sort of 
represent the world the way that they see it. Um, and I think I'm really honest in that regard. Mm. No, ha- great. Got it. How do you feel about technology today in terms of the way the world is looking and how it's contributing to the demise of? I think it's utterly horrifying um, in every sense. And I don't know, that might have to be my next project. Um, Well, let me give you some inspiration. Think about this. No psychologist has ever been trained on how to coach someone or help someone about social media. It's too new. Is that true? It's too new. End of story. I feel like I've heard... Of they don't know what what are what's the fifty or seventy five or hundred year results of social media on society. Yeah, we, we, it's, it's ten years old. It's fifteen well, years you old. S- you were talking about technology, and then this you switched is, to social media. So, social media is yeah. technology, robots young lady. Will kill. Uh, well, robots. It's a little bit different of a message over there. <laughs> a little bit different, but you know, isn't 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 it like a, a funnel cloud of our own doing at this point? It's not like this is just yeah. an inevitable. Oh, the next ice age is coming. We're screwed. You know, there's nothing we can do about that. But we're kind of stirring the pot ourselves right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I like the way that you you know bring you know the images. Um, I'm seeing images right here in front of us based on these stickers. They're colorful. They're attractive. So your message is definitely getting out there. I mean, it, it, it is. It's attracting. It, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm attracted to it. I'm and I'm on the positive side. I'm on the sunshine side. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you know, I'm all sunshine. But you know, I can appreciate this, and I certainly hear the message. Yeah, for sure. All right, Kanor. Before we let you go, before we start wrapping things up. Uh, can you please give our listeners and hopefully your new fans, uh, you know, uh, where they can find you online, your website and your Instagram, please? Absolutely. Um, my website where you can see more of my work is knor.com. It's k-nor.com. My online store is creepsquad.com with a K. Uh, my Instagram is it's knor, I-T-S-K-A-Y-N-O-R. And uh, definitely please check out the Kickstarter for Dead Bloom as well. You can find the link to that in my Instagram. And you can also find it by going on Kickstarter and searching for Dead Bloom. How, all these inconsistencies. Yeah, we were talking about consistencies. You have K-N-O-R and then K-A-Y-N-O-R. Yeah. Was that just you created them at different times? And No, I... so. It's Knor. That's the way you say it. And my my old Instagram was Knor crap, just all spelled out. Um, and people were just getting really confused and calling me Nor crap all the time, which started to get on my nerves a little bit. Like my mom was calling me that. Um, so I just decided to spell it out phonetically to kind of dead the confusion. And okay. ironically, I don't think it really worked very well, but I'm just over it at this point. I don't even care. Call me Nor, call me whatever you want. It's, just just call me. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, K-A-Y-N-O-R, thank you very much for coming in today. Uh, this was a lot of fun. And we are sold out with Knor. <laughs>